Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. the name of Jesus in this place. We praise God. We give him glory. We give him honor. We give him praise. There is no God like our God. He reigns supreme and he reigns alone. He is a sovereign God. Holy and reverent is his name. Hallelujah. He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the honor. And we bless his name today. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy and majestic you are, Lord. And we praise you. We magnify you. We glorify your name. And we thank you for this time that we're able to come together in worship. God, we pray that our worship will be a sweet smelling savor in your nostrils. God, be glorified. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we welcome you this morning to Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. And we thank the Lord for all of you who've gathered in the sanctuary this morning. We thank God for those of you who are listening to us online today. And we praise God for you all over the world, wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in today. We want God to be glorified most of all. Whether we feel like we've been blessed or not, we want God to be glorified. If God is glorified, we will be blessed. We may not realize it right now, but we will be blessed. Hallelujah. Our scripture this morning uh, is coming from the book of Romans, chapter 13. Hopefully I got the right one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to read this one. <laughs> praise Jesus. Romans chapter 13. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices righteousness. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes that they are God's, for they are God's ministers attending continually to, to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, Customs to whom custom, um, fear to whom fear, honor 
to whom honor. Owe no man anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Amen. Verses 1 through 8 of the 13th chapter of Romans. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word. Let us pray. God, we thank you again this day for this time to come together in your name. We thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in our midst this morning. God, we want, we want you to know, hallelujah, that our hearts, are, our minds are open to you, Lord. Our spirits are open to you, that you might be glorified in and through us. Speak to us today, Lord, for we need to hear from you. We need the word of the kingdom for a time such as this. God, we submit to you. We humbly submit ourselves to you that your will might be done in our lives, that your name might be glorified, and that your kingdom advanced. Have your way. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Let's receive our praise and worship ministry. Hallelujah. God is worthy to be praised. He's our Father. Hallelujah. The Trinity. Hallelujah. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We adore Hallelujah. Him today. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Come on and bless the name of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Father, we are worshiping you. We are giving you praise, Father. Jesus, Holy Spirit, we love you today. We adore you today. Come on, let's sing together. Father, 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 we praise you. We praise you, Jesus, Jesus, We love you, God. We love you, Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. We adore you.
everything that comes with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything that comes with your glory, we want it. We want it all. Whatever you have to do in our lives, let your glory do it in us. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 And all the glory of your presence, we your people, we give.
fill this place, fill the earth with your glory, your glory, God, we need you, we want you, God, we want you, God, I want you, God, hallelujah, Lord, we're lost without you, we're lost without you, fill the earth, fill Chapter 17, I want to follow through with the message that we started on last Sunday, verse 20 and 21, and it reads, now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. And so I want to use the same thought from last week, creating a kingdom culture, specifically talk about submission and humility, creating a kingdom culture, submission and humility. So Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to stand in this holy place and proclaim your holy word. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit that I will communicate this message clearly 
and exactly as you've given it to me, that your people might be blessed, but most of all, that your kingdom might be advanced, and most, most of all, that your name will be glorified. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So last week, we began talking about creating a kingdom culture and stated that, that probably one of the greatest mistakes that believers have made down through the century is creating a church culture rather than a kingdom culture. We can see that in a lot of ways that I won't take time to point out, but prayerfully, as we focus on kingdom, we'll begin to pay attention to the way that we have created a church culture rather than a kingdom culture. And although the focus of the church would seem to be about God and his kingdom, we've made it more about us and getting our needs met. You hear people say, I, I went to get a blessing. Or I got my blessing. Uh, and as I said earlier, as we were worshiping uh, in the beginning, sometimes we don't recognize God's glory and the way God blesses us in the beginning. You've heard the phrase, hindsight is twenty twenty vision. Sometimes when we're going through things, the Lord is blessing us, but we just don't recognize it because we don't like to go through anything. We, we want everything to be just wonderful and, 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 and great and, 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 and calm all of our lives. And many times we don't take into account our sinful nature and what God has to do to bring us to a realization of who he is and, and what needs to happen in our lives so that we can begin to experience his blessings. And many times, when we lead people to Christ, it's about people having a better life. We may talk to them about accepting Jesus, but somehow or another, we add to that that the Lord will make your life better. And sometimes that better doesn't come in the beginning. A lot of people start out especially if they're having problems and they come to the Lord because they're having problems and they think God is going to just turn it around and he doesn't turn it around right away. Some people turn back. They feel disappointed. They feel let down because God didn't fix it right away. We have to be very careful about that and leading people to Jesus Christ. Sometimes worship can even become about coming together to get from God the things that we feel we need from him, okay? Uh, I come to be blessed rather than coming to blessing the Lord, you know? Uh, worship is not about you and it's not about me. Worship is about God, yeah. So regardless of how I feel, my worship is directed toward God, yeah. We don't come to worship so that someone can praise us for how well we have done. Oh, pastor, you preached a great message today, and pastor goes home feeling wonderful. And then we, we don't see much change after all of that happens. And you have to wonder, was that about God or was that about me as the pastor showing how much anointing I have in my life? 
I've been where you haven't been. I've walked where you haven't walked, and I've heard some things you haven't heard. So we have to be very careful that worship doesn't become about us, you know. And that's what, hap that's what happens in a church culture. In a church culture, worship becomes about the people and God. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's about fulfilling our religious duty. We come because that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I went to church. <laughs> I went to church Sunday. And so now I feel good because I did what the Lord required of me or what my church family expected of me. I, I didn't forsake the assembly. But while I was in the assembly, my heart was not there. My head was not there. I was really wishing I was somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes, sometimes uh, this church culture could be out of a sincere but incorrect understanding of what being a Christian is all about. Some people are sincerely wrong. They're just sincerely wrong. They're very sincere about what they do, but they're sincerely wrong. Because you can come to church every Sunday. If you hate your brother or your sister, uh, you have prejudice in your heart against anyone. Yeah, if you refuse to forgive people uh, for stuff that has happened down through the years, then you've really missed the mark. You're sincere in doing your religious things, but sincerely wrong. Sincerely wrong. So we've made church culture. We develop a church culture, and it is about us uh, and how we see things, what we want, what we can benefit from. It's about us. It's about us. People will leave a church because they didn't get what they wanted. And they will look for some, some church that gives them what they think they want, they perceive that they want. In their finiteness, in their finiteness, they can determine what they really need. And so they will leave one place because they feel like they're not getting what they need. And they go for what they need. I think the Lord knows what we need. And if the Lord, I said I think, but you know I don't like to use that word, I think, when I'm preaching. But you may not know, but my ministers know it. <laughs> It's not about what I think. The Lord knows what we need. The Lord knows what we need. And as we learn to submit to the Lord, I'm getting way down in my message. As we learn to submit to the Lord, then he gives us what we need. The culture of the kingdom of heaven is about God's rule. It's about God's will. It's about God's way. Coming to Christ is about you realizing that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen now, this is, this is good for salvation. Uh, that you realize that Jesus Christ is Lord and you choose to yield your life to him so that he becomes Lord of your life. You align yourself properly with him for his purposes and for his plans for his kingdom. Listen now. Consequently, in the culture of the kingdom of God, you will not have your way. 
in the kingdom of God, you will not get what you want. In the kingdom of God, it is about God's rule. It is about God's will. It is about God's way. Not your rule. Not your will. Or mine. And not God's way. So this is not Burger King. The kingdom of God is not Burger King. Burger King's slogan was, have it your way at Burger King. Get what you want on your Whopper or your fish sandwich or your chicken sandwich. Have it your way. The kingdom is not like that. You don't have your way in the kingdom. In church, you might have your way. But in the kingdom, you don't have your way. So in the scripture in Luke, as we used last Sunday, Jesus declares to his disciples that the kingdom of God is within you, okay? Signifying that, that wherever he, Jesus the Christ, rules and reigns in the hearts and the lives of people, that's where his kingdom exists. It's not in a place, all right? It's not in a place. It's not, it's not uh, it doesn't have... Boundaries that you can look on a map and you can figure out the boundaries of the kingdom of God. It is wherever God rules and reigns in the hearts and the lives of people. That's where the kingdom of God is. And, you know, every time I read this, I, I'm, 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 I have to think about myself and make sure that, that the Lord is ruling and the Lord is reigning in my life. And I, I, I encourage every believer to do the same thing, you know. Don't just, don't just, 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 just think that, oh, I'm a Christian, everything is all right. Check out whether the Lord rules in your life. And you know how you check that out? When stuff happens, how do you deal with it? Yeah, yeah. When attacks come, how do you deal with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, even when, when, when. When, when sickness comes in your life, how do you deal with it? 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 Yeah, yeah. Romans 14 and 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, the kingdom of God is not about tangible things. Mick, mud, brick, mortar. It is a spiritual reality in the hearts and lives of men and women, boys and girls, where Jesus Christ, the anointed one, rules and reigns, the kingdom of God. And so as, as, as once we receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, it's imperative that we yield our lives to his authority, seeking and allowing his word to guide us or to guide our lives as we gain his perspective in our walk with him. Remember the message today. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. Amen. God's word and God's perspective on life and living is critical in creating a kingdom culture. Very critical. And it's evident that the church has missed this. When we look at her history down through the ages. When you look at our history with the Crusades, and I'm not talking about an evangelistic crusade now the way we know it. The Crusades in the Middle East and Western Europe, 
back in the, in the early days of Christianity, the church missed it. When you look at slavery, the church missed it. When you look at colonialism, the church missed it. When you look at racial segregation, the church missed it. When you look at discrimination and injustices and other unrighteous practices that the church, quote-unquote, supposedly body of Christ, has engaged in down through the ages, it's evident that the church has missed God's perspective. The church. The church. Now, I'm not talking about any particular local congregation. I'm talking about the church as a whole. It's evident. Not only that, but it's, it, it's also evident, all right, from the scriptures that God's agenda has never changed. When you go back to the scripture and you study the scripture, God's agenda has never changed. Agenda. For God is always about his kingdom. Always about his kingdom. It's always about his kingdom rule in the, in the hearts and lives of mankind that cannot be forced by wars or legislated by human authorities. There is no rule that you can put in place that will make people enter the kingdom of God. Jesus came to set us free from the law because the law brought the knowledge of sin but did not give us a remedy for sin. Jesus, God said, I will now, I will, I will, I will do a new thing. He said, I will, I will write my covenant on the tablets of your heart, no longer on tablets of stone. The change that needs to take place, as we've said over and over again, is within the heart of man. So you can legislate all day long, but it will not bring people into the kingdom of God. You see it, you know, even in practices that, that local churches have. You can do all kinds of things to put in place for people to do right, but if their hearts are not right, they're not going to do right. They're not going to do right. You can write the scriptures out for them, and you can go and tape it to their forehead. They ain't going to do right if their heart is not right. You can go to their house and tack it over the doorpost of their house. If their heart is not right, they ain't going to do right. You understand what I'm saying? This is not something that you can legislate. And the Lord understands this. So he says, I will write my commandments on the tablets of your heart. And once it's on the inside of you and my spirit lives in you, now you have help. And your only hope, your only help is in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. You know, we walk around on the face of the earth and we espouse all of these wonderful things about holiness. And it's good. This is the word of God. But by the grace of God, none of us will live holy. And with, our, with all of our efforts, oh God, if God would just reveal the thoughts of our hearts, If the Lord will reveal our dreams some, sometimes. Child, all those dreams ain't about laying hands on people. Amen, Walsh. Are you understanding what I'm saying? God knows our hearts. And he understands that, that we cannot legislate any, we can't put in place any rule that will force people into his kingdom. There is no war. That's why this whole 
this this whole and and I don't want to preach politics, but I may as well because they put it in people's mailboxes now. So this whole thing, this whole whole agenda, political agenda, the church is not realizing that the that that the, the political operatives are taking advantage of the church and and using 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 things that will that will touch people's hearts to get people to vote their way. Jesus talks I know I know it's important to have life. I, I, I'm a pro-life I believe in life. But I want life from conception to the grave. Are you understanding? Don't lock people up in jail, you know, and throw away the key and destroy homes and destroy families, you know, and say that you are a pro-lifer. It's a political issue. And people are not realizing this is a political issue. You're going to use abortion as a political issue. You're going to use gay rights as a political issue. Why not use justice as a political issue? Why not focus on that? I mean, there's a whole gamut of stuff that, that, that and I've started using the phrase, the radical right will not deal with. You can't legislate the kingdom. Next week, I want to talk about, uh, about this first parable in, 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 in Matthew about the kingdom. Jesus said, let it alone. Let the wheat and tares grow together. I wanted to preach it this morning, but anyway. And we, we haven't learned that. We we wanna we wanna we wanna pluck stuff out. This moral majority of folk that are immoral wanna 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 make stuff moral and wanna don't you realize that Jesus did not make Christianity the state religion? Jesus didn't do it. And don't you realize that the United States is not a Christian country, nation? It has to be legislated. It has to be in the Constitution. And it is not there. Consequently, we cannot ban other religious groups. And it's dangerous. Constantine made Christianity a state religion and did more harm to Christianity than he did good. You need to read your history. You need to study. There are reasons that Jesus says in that parable, I don't want to go, I'll preach this next week. Leave them alone. Let them grow together. Let me go on here. Yeah. God wants to rule your heart. God wants to rule your life. That's the only time that you come into his kingdom. Oh, I, I, I just believe that this is the reason that the Lord said many of you will come in that day sit crying, Lord, Lord. And he said, I didn't know you. I don't know you. You didn't submit to my kingdom rule. You didn't submit to my kingdom. You did what you wanted to do. You did it the way you wanted to do it. And in that day, the Lord will separate. Anyway. I don't know. All right. All right. Okay. If we're going to, I'm going to skip over some things because I went somewhere else. Lord, help me. Hmm. No, I'm not going to skip over it because this is what the Lord gave me. So bear with me. If we fail to understand, we fail to understand the Lord. If we fail to understand his ways, we will go the way 
that the church has gone down through the centuries. We're going to miss we're going to miss our opportunity to affect our generation that we live in with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will preach a gospel, but it will be a, a, a watered-down gospel. It will be a perverted gospel. And consequently, many people will be lost. And many people will be lost. And the church is not realizing how many people are being lost. We're, 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 we're blowing our horns about what happens in Africa with all of the people that, that are coming to Christ in other third world countries, India and other places. A lot of people are coming to Christ, but you look at the United States, you look at Western cultures, a lot of people are not coming to Christ. And part of it is because of the witness of the church. You heard me say that there's a whole group of people that the church has written off. So the majority of the church doesn't care if a lot of black men are going to the Muslim faith. And part of it is because this whole concept of Christianity being a white man's religion. And why do you call it a white man's religion? Because you see who's benefited from it. And you see what's been put in place to make them look like you got you to gotta fit in our, in our culture. You got to fit in our understanding of things, our theological perspective for you to be a part of the church. So we don't care if you join the Muslim faith. We want to adjust our perspectives. We want to deal with our perspectives. And we want to come together as a body of believers to address this issue so that the church can be the agency of the kingdom that God wants her to be. You don't see the church coming together to deal with this. We're missing a grand privilege of being the people that God wants us to be. And we're missing a grand privilege of really enjoying true joy, true peace, and the fulfillment of really following Jesus. So along with being born again, along with, with, with getting the word of the kingdom uh, and embracing God's perspective, the next thing that naturally flows from this that, I, that I'm led to talk more about is submitting, submitting to God's authority. Submitting to God's authority. If we're going to create a kingdom culture. It's important to submit to God's authority in our lives. This is something that every individual believer must do. I have to do it. You have to do it. We make up the church. We make up the body of Christ. There's no way for, for a corporate body to submit uh, totally to the will of God without the individual members doing it. Okay? So that's your responsibility. Don't forget that. It's your responsibility individually because you help make up the body. You help make up the body, okay? All right? So I can't submit to God for you. I can't submit your life to God, all right? There's no way I can do that, all right? I know, you know, well, anyway. And there's no way you can submit to God for me, all right? I'll submit my life to God. I have to do that. All of us, we're created as free moral agents. We make the determination ourselves whether we're going to submit to God or not. God doesn't force you. Doesn't force you. Have you ever, ever asked the Lord to stop you from doing something? Oh, Lord, stop me from doing this. And then you keep on doing it. Because <laughs> the Lord doesn't override your will. He'll help you. Now, if you sincerely want him to, but he doesn't override your will, 
Holy Spirit will do everything he can to keep you in line with the will of God. But if you don't will to be in line with the will of God, you're not going to be in line. And being in line is more than something that comes out of your mouth. Ooh, God help us today. Now, Jesus, Jesus set the example uh, for this in life. Paul stated in Philippians 2, 6, and 8, he says, talking about Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself of no reputation. NIV says he made himself nothing. But he made himself of no reputation by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human form, human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Now, as I was reading that, the Holy Spirit just stirred in my heart. He made himself of no reputation. What is it that people want in life? We want reputation. We want to be known. We do. We want to be known. A lot of people on Facebook because they want to be known. I'm not saying you're on Facebook because you want to be known. But a lot of people on Facebook because you want to be known. Whatever you do, you, and it's okay. You, you have a business. You want your business to be known. Okay? But if your business is to be known and, and, and to prosper, there are certain things you have to do for that to happen. Otherwise, your business will be known with a bad reputation. We want to be known. It's a human thing. It's a part of our ego. It's a part of our pride. Children, when they go to school, they want to be seen. That's the same thing as being known. Little children at home, they want to be seen. You ever have little children at your house, and then when, when company come, they start doing stuff that they wouldn't normally do because they want to be seen. It's just natural. And you tell them, go sit down somewhere. No, they want to be seen. You almost have to... Y'all know what I'm talking about. And we've all done it as little children, you know. Uh, for us, you know, when older people came around, we couldn't be around. We had to go outside, you know, because you couldn't sit around and listen to grown folk conversation. They didn't come to visit you. They came to visit mom and dad and say, you better not get in there and act up. <laughs> where you act up at, that's where you get it at. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But you've seen it. So it's, it's a human thing. But Jesus made himself of no reputation. He didn't come into this world seeking a reputation. That's contrary to human nature. Jesus stated in John chapter 6, verse 38, I have not come down from heaven to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. He sets the example for us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, and we know this, Jesus prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He prayed it. He prayed three times, and, and Matthew states it. In the second and third prayer, Jesus prayed, Lord, if it, if it is possible, let this cup, let this responsibility of going to the cross, dying for the sins of man, being separated from you because he never experienced separation from the Father, let it pass away from me. But, but he prayed, if it cannot pass unless I accept it, your will be done. Your will be done. So he sets the example in submitting to the will and the authority of God. He, we need to follow that example. There are things that we want, but God 
if I, if I cannot have this for your glory, God, I submit to your will. I submit to your will. So being in the Lord's kingdom, it's imperative that you and I do the same thing. God is sovereign, not us. Okay? Not the president, not the senate, not our parents, not even our spouses. God is sovereign. And if we're going to be in his kingdom, we must submit to his sovereign authority. And what does that look like? It looks just like what Jesus did. It's not my will that must be done. It's God's will. Father, I submit to your will. My right of ownership to my life, I give it up. My right to do what I want to do, I give it up. My right to make a decision on how my life should go, I give it up to you. All that we would teach our children that. It's hard to get older people to get back to that point. But we, we teach our children, we grow them up thinking, what do you want to be in life? We don't say, we don't, a lot of times people don't. Some people probably do now. Let's pray about what God wants for your life. And let's pray about a spouse. You know, don't wait till you, you start dating. Don't wait till you start getting all of your, all of your, 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 your internal juices flowing and your mind flowing. You start doing things you ain't got no business doing, and then you choose a spouse. Your flesh chose the spouse and not God. In the beginning, seek the will of God. God, what is your will? Whew. I submit to your will. Yeah. So as we begin to understand God's perspective, we embrace and we submit to that perspective. You, you and God cannot sit on the throne of your life together. It has to be God or you. And guess what? You make that choice. You make the choice. It can never be God and you. God doesn't share his throne nor the throne of your life with you. He doesn't share his throne with anybody. Just like he doesn't share his glory with anybody. And you make the choice. You and I, we get to make the choice of who sits on the throne in our lives. Whew. Again, the scripture says in Philippians, the scripture that we, we, we read earlier from chapter 2, but at verse 5 it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Before it went on and talked about the mind that Christ had, Paul says, let this mind be in you. So this is the mind that I have to have. This is the mind that you have to have if we're going to be kingdom citizens and create a kingdom culture. Jesus said in, in, in Luke 6 and 46, why do you call me Lord and do not do the things that I say? Why? One translation says, why do you keep on calling me Lord and you don't do the things that I teach? Creating a kingdom culture requires us allowing Jesus Christ to rule and reign in our hearts and our lives. That means that we submit to him. We don't resist him. We don't work against him. His kingdom principles, his kingdom perspectives, his kingdom agenda becomes our agenda, becomes our perspective, becomes our principles. And at this point, it's important to know <laughs> that this is where the opposition really intensifies. 
Because opposition, the opposition is going to intensify. The devil didn't want you to be born again. And he fought against you coming to Jesus. The devil didn't want you reading the Bible. And he fought against you and fights against you reading the Bible. How many of you read the Bible and fall asleep? How many of you find other, <laughs> how many of you find other things to do? So you're always busy. You ain't got time for the word. No time. You think that's just you? Or do you realize that you're in warfare? You're in warfare. The devil is fighting against you. He's fighting. He doesn't want you doing that. He doesn't want you doing that. He doesn't want you doing that. But this is what we have to do. And this is intrinsically tied to submitting to the Lord's authority. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. To submit means that you're humbling yourself. And I just believe the Lord wants us to hear that word again. Humble yourself. When Jesus submitted to God, Paul correctly stated that he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. What do you mean? When he was hanging on the cross, he could have commanded a legion of angels to come and fight for him and take him off of that cross. He didn't have to die, but he humbled himself. He prayed, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Don't you realize that there was a possibility of the cup passing from Jesus if he had chosen not to humble himself? But he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Mm. Lord, let your will be done, he prayed. If, it not, if it's not possible for this cup to pass, if that's not in your will, if that's not a part of your kingdom agenda, your will be done. Humbling yourself is not an easy task. Amen, Walls. Anybody else? Humbling yourself is not an easy task. We are prideful people. We are free moral agents. We have our rights. We believe that our lives belong to us, that we can do as we please. I mean, you hear it all the time. Don't judge me. This is my life. I live the way I want to live it. Who are you to tell me how I should live? That's pride. That's pride. People will get mad at, at believers. And this happened right here in Tabernacle of Praise. People will get mad at other believers if, if you say something to them about the way they're living their lives. Who does she think she is can tell me how to live? And I preach this over and over again. I don't understand why people don't get it. Once we come into the body of Christ, we are accountable to one another. We have a right to say something to you about how you live. Not just the pastor. Of course now, we want you to make sure that the beam is out of your eye before you deal with the speck in somebody else's eye. But don't even judge that. Receive the correction. You'll do better by it, by receiving the correction. Because if God can make a donkey talk, he can use an unrighteous person. You know, this is how we kind of, some people really just deal with this, with the situation in our country today. God can use an unrighteous person to speak and even bring correction in a situation. The important thing is the correction. It is not the mouth from where it came from. 
That is the important thing. So stop judging the mouth that it came from. Hear the correction. But we're prideful people. So folk get, people will get mad. People will get mad. Children will get mad at their parents sometimes when they try to tell them what's right. My life. I live my life the way I want to live it. And then you get in trouble because, oh, mama, dad, I need your help. Oh, please. <laughs> humble. Humble yourselves. Give up your right to be right. Give up your right to your life. Submit to God. Your life doesn't belong to you. You didn't create yourself. You couldn't create yourself. You didn't cause the seed and the egg to come together. You didn't do it. You are a product of it. So we're going to be kingdom citizens. It requires us humbling ourselves, and it's a difficult thing to do because of our pride. And this is where a lot of the struggle comes in. So each one of us, we have to constantly be taught the word of God. We have to constantly be fed, be brought into contact with the word of the kingdom if we're going to humble ourselves. Because the word of the kingdom is like seed that is sown. The parable of the seed and the sower. Remember this. Put yourself in the parable. Some seed fell among on the stony ground. Some seed fell among thorns. Some seed fell by the wayside. Some seed fell in good soil. Citizens of the kingdom are good soil. What happens with good soil? The seed germinates, take root, grows, and produce fruit. What happens to stony soil? The, the devil comes and plucks it away. The seed doesn't even take root. It doesn't penetrate your heart. It doesn't penetrate your, heart, your stony heart. What happens to the seed that's sown among thorns? You're so caught up in the world and worldly cares that you hear the word of God, but the cares of the world comes and chokes that word. It has no, it, it may, it may, it may germinate. It may start growing, but the cares of the word chokes it out. Because you love the world too much. Be like that good soil. Be like that good soil. Romans 12 and 1 through 3. And we need to really read that whole chapter, Romans chapter 12. And I'm not going to talk about that this morning. But, but it says, it says, Therefore I exhort you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living, as a living sacrifice, alive, holy and pleasing to God. So while I'm living, not when I'm in the casket, but while I am alive, it is my responsibility to present my body. If I present my body, I'm presenting my mind, presenting my spirit, I'm presenting my heart to the Lord as a living sacrifice. I'm giving up what I want. I'm giving up my will that the will of God might be done, which is your reasonable service do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may test, that you may approve what is the will of God, what is accepting and pleasing to God. For by the grace given to me, Paul says, I say to every one of you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober discernment 
as God has distributed to everyone the measure of faith. So get off of your high horse. Stop thinking more about yourself than you ought to think. It goes on down. This is why you need to read that whole chapter. It goes on down and down. It says, don't be haughty, high-minded. All right? All right? It says, Let harmony, live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Don't be conceited. Don't repay any evil for evil. Consider what is good before all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. Do not avenge yourselves. Humble, humble. When the last time you got back at somebody? Or wanted to anyway. You kept it. You held on to it. When I brought it up, you thought about that person that did you wrong. You had plans to get back. And sometimes, you know what? Especially for married couples, sometimes it's not that person in the street. It's that person in the house. You don't let, you don't let stuff go. You remember. Because you feel like you have a right. You've been hurt. You got a right to pay it back. But submitting, submitting, humbling yourself, it's not easy. It's not easy to turn the other cheek. It's not easy. But you got help. Somebody say, I have help. And if we are to create a kingdom culture, we have to go back to the word of God. We have to go back to the principles of the kingdom. The church is part of the problem in this world today. But guess what? There is no other solution. And judgment will begin at the house of the Lord. Judgment will begin at the house of the Lord. Is God's way or no way? He's not a God who compromises. He's already made a way for us to be saved. He's already made a way for us to be in right relationship with him. He's already made that way. Doesn't change his kingdom principles to suit us. We got to go back to the word. There are a lot of voices that are speaking to us. There are a lot of voices that are speaking in this world. We have to go back to the word. We got to get the word of the kingdom and submit to the word of the kingdom. Not my will, Lord. Your will be done. As I humble myself, and it is a challenge. Humility is such a great challenge, but it's not impossible. If it were impossible, the Lord would not have told us to do it. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the word today. Pray that the word of God has spoken life to us and challenged us. And challenged all of those of us who are listening to the word. I don't elevate myself and act as if I have all of the answers.
Because I don't have all of the answers. But I share with you what the Lord shares with me. I, I share with you out of what the Lord has shown me as I live this life and look at the church and the world. All of my life, since I was old enough to, to, to know myself, as a little baby laying on my mama's lap in revival meetings, I've been a part of the church. The Lord has allowed me to look at it from a different perspective. And to see things according to the way he's revealed it in his word. We need to go back to God. Kingdom is the way. Kingdom is the way. Don't get so happy that you've been baptized and you're in the church. Don't get so happy. All who say, Lord, Lord, when I enter my kingdom, let's stand. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you now for this opportunity to extend the invitation to become a part of your kingdom. Thank you for the clarity that you've given to us, for the perspectives that you've given to us. Help us to study more, to understand more, to seek your face more. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us 
as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.